Welcome to the Kairos Community Podcast. Join us as we join Jesus in his movement to renew all things. We've been uh, taking a break. Um, we uh, stopped. We, for a minute there, we had started using stereo. And, uh, you know, we do believe stereo is a good conduit. And we were, we were, um, pairing that up with our Zoom meetings um, to reach outside of our church, to, to, um, to hear, let other people hear that may not hear, you know, about Jesus, those who have been maybe scared away from the church. Um, and uh, well, they're on stereo. They're looking for, they clearly li- have ears to listen to something. And if we can put our, worship gatherings and our messages on that um, medium, we're confident that there are people that are not normally going to hear about Jesus um, that will. But um, for the last few weeks, we've been um, focusing in on our community and um, hearing for God, hearing from God in the Advent season, um, which it um, it is is um it's this it's a season of waiting and um and hope and um yeah waiting for the for uh well the celebration of the Jesus's birth um that we do this year during advent season leading up to christmas um we've been going through each week um a different um theme in advent um about like what what are the, 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 the thing that God provides us um, in and through himself and, and well, through Jesus. Um, the first week we covered um, God giving us life. Um, and I think that was, uh, that was Cody who brought us that message that, that um, week. And um, we were, he basically went over, um, God giving life in the form of um, provision, um, life, uh, giving life as opposed to death, um, that he gives in abundance and he cares for his creation. Um, that um, he gives everlasting life, abundant life, wellsprings of life. And he brings that through us here and now in the kingdom here and now on earth as it is in heaven and not that we're all just waiting for death to be somehow in some utopia in heaven. Um, That's not, that's not what the Christian faith or following Jesus is about is about some future um, uh, present for being good here. But in actuality, we're living into Jesus's walk, his life, following him, making disciples that's here and now and and for eternity to come as opposed to just waiting for death for for some sort of um, gift or prize. Um, week two, we covered uh, Heather um, covered God gives redemption, and she spoke that through the stories of Zechariah and Mary, two different stories that kind of. Um, um, gave us perspectives of, of um, where God
God can redeem us from our things that are circumstantial, that are out of our control, you know, that happen to us throughout our lives. And then also things that um, we choose to do that um, are our choices we make that God can redeem us out of. Um, and that his promise is to redeem us. Um, even though sometimes we may be in seasons of waiting for that redemption, we may not understand that we need that redemption at that time. And there's many people that, that don't understand that they need Jesus and it's okay to be in those, those times and they don't need to be forced through those seasons. And that, yeah, that, um, but God is, his promises are good and true. And his plan is to restore humanity and the planet back towards the, the garden, the Eden. Then um, yesterday, or yesterday, sorry, last week, I gave you guys a story or uh, um, that, that God gives identity um, and spoke to you guys about that last week. And um, how he chooses to bring identity to us or um, he is faithful to give us an identity, even though we are, we are like a, a mixed bag of identity, depending upon where we are, how we grew up, the house we grew up in, the influences throughout our life. Um, God is faithful in bringing us our true identity um, and working that through us. If you know, we, we choose to follow Jesus, we, we, we want to um, embrace that. We want to embrace um, his promises to uh, redeem and, and, and renew us. <laughs> and um, today we have the pleasure of John, um, uh, leading us and uh, God giving us a way. Yeah. So as we uh, get closer and closer to um, Christmas Eve, we'll, we're going to have a service. Um, I believe we're planning on having that ser a short service at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve on Zoom. So we'd love you guys to join in. Um, and uh, I think uh, unless anybody else has any of that, uh, I don't know that we have any other announcements beyond that. If you guys can remember any, then <laughs> jump in. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to pray us. In, um, say a prayer of us. Lord God, um, as we gather here, Lord, as a community, we just invite your presence. We invite Invite the Holy Spirit to move, Lord. Move in and through John as he speaks and shares his message with us. Pray for quieting of our hearts, Lord, and our minds from the things that capture us, the things that want to take our attention away from you and your working 
I pray this throughout our, well, for not only this, this, this meeting, but you know, that, that that would be something that we could impress that you'd impress upon us throughout the week too, that we could get time, quiet time to just listen for you. But mainly today, Lord, just that we could hear you through your word, through John's sharing of your word. And that our hearts would be soft and open. And that we would have ears to hear today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this community. And just pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So we, uh, we will have some songs that we're going to sing later on after, uh, after our message and discussion time. Um, but right now, as part of our liturgy, we're going to do Electio Divina, however, not on a, on a Bible verse, but on the lyrics to one of my favorite Christmas hymns, O Holy Night. Um, put the lyrics into the chat here, but we're not going to sing it. Um, which is maybe a little bit challenging, uh, but the problem is, is I think there are so many songs that are written about the birth of Jesus and the significance, the like just sheer awe and impact on human history from the dawn of time to today, that what it means for Jesus to enter into this world and to be that light in the darkness, this hope for our brokenness and, you know, long lay the world in just this darkness and sin and error. And we need his help. We need his guidance. We need his salvation. And so many of the songs that come out at Christmas time, we've sung so many times that I think they have lost some impact on us um, or they, they can. And so I think my hope is, is if we just take a very meditative posture and just chew on these lyrics as more poetry versus music at the moment and, and let them speak to us. So Holy Spirit, I pray, let these lyrics speak to us as we, we consider these deep, deeply profound words of who you are and what the birth of our savior means. Okay. So as, as with Electio Divina, we, we go slow and we try to almost soak them up like a sponge, letting these words kind of invade our hearts and minds. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn fall on your knees oh hear the angel voices O oh, night O oh, night when christ was born O oh, night O oh, holy night O oh, night divine. Led by the light of faith serenely beaming, 
with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So led by light of a star sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in lowly manger. And all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our need. To our weakness, he is no stranger. Behold your king. Before him lowly bend. Behold your king. Before him lowly bend. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love. And his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. For the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. His power and glory evermore proclaim. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Cody. <clears throat> you know, as we were celebrating this time of Advent, Chris had mentioned in our opening that is, it's a season of waiting, right? We're waiting for the one to come who will embody this song here and so it not only is it a season of of joy but it's also a season of hope isn't it the hope of the songwriter there says he will break every chain in his name all oppression will cease and this was the hope of the ancients all the various prophecies uh, concerning the Messiah pointed to that. And we see that in Mary's song as she pondered uh, what the angel's message was to her. We see it in Simeon as well as in um, Anna's song where Simeon was saying that my eyes have now seen the salvation, the, cons the um, consummation of, of, of Israel is here. I, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. And yet throughout all that time, there are visions of uh, false hope. Prophets would arise and um, come on the scene. And 
you have a glimpse of this in, in, in Acts 5, where Peter and John are brought before the Sanhedrin, and um, they wanted to put them to death, but a Pharisee named uh, Gamal, a teacher of the law, stood up and he said, men of Israel, carefully consider what, you can, what you're going to do to these guys here. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied around him. He was killed, and his followers were all dispersed, and it came to nothing. And after him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He, too, was killed, and all his followers were scattered. And then he goes on to say, let, let these guys alone. You know, if something comes of it, it's of God and we can't do anything about it. But if it's nothing, you know, forget about it. And so with these fellas, there was a sense of a false hope of, you know, let's make Israel great again. And you saw that, you know, the Maccabees and, and, and what have you. And my youngest daughter she said, she says, turkey bacon is like false hope. And there is a, a, a false hope that people latch onto, an ideology that they think is going to save the country, save people, and yet it comes to nothing. But in Jesus, we have the true hope, the one who will not only take away the sin of the world, but the one who will lead us into, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The one who, who will lead us into what, who God is, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about hope, and not the hope of the Messiah or, or Jesus who's coming as a baby, but the second advent, when Jesus comes again. Because we now live in the time between the already and the not yet, that in-between time. The ancient Israelites, they, they, they saw the world in, in, in two ways, this age and the age to come. And right now, because of Jesus, those two ages are coming together and we live in that in-between time between this age and the age to come. Or to put it in another way, we have the, uh, the, the creation and the new heaven and the new earth coming together as heaven and earth come together and they come together in Jesus. And so we are now waiting for that second advent. Peter put it like this in 1 Peter chapter uh, 1. He says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is to be ready to be revealed at the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief from various kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is 
greater than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in the praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with the inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving to the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Then he goes on to speak about the salvation that the spirits, I mean, that, that the prophets spoke about. They had this hope of the Messiah coming. Now we live in a sense where that new creation has met the old creation because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And he has given us a living hope, not a false hope, not a static hope, not a dead hope, but a living hope as we wait for his, his appearing. Ah, get over here. As we wait for his appearing. And this hope gives us a clear vision of what God will do in the future. So as we live through our lives, we lean on the promises of who God is what God has promised us in the future. And it, it, it's based on his mercies, isn't it? Which gives us an inheritance, which can never spoil, perish, or fade. And is guarded in heaven by his power. And when it talks about guard, guarding his heaven or being kept in heaven, it's talking about God's realm. It's, it's not a sense that, you know, we go to heaven to collect this inheritance. No, this inheritance is the new earth, the new creation, this um, the redemption of, of all things. And as, as we were saying before, that people were waiting for this. Some of them didn't see it. And, and Hebrews talks about that. Uh, in Hebrews end of, end of uh, chapter 11, where it says, some faced jeers and floggings, even chains and imprisonments. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Even though they hadn't seen it, they had faith. And so the journey of faith, or the journey of hope rather, begins with faith of who God is and who he said, he, what he said he was going to do. And then so we wait in anticipation for that second advent because Jesus said he was coming back. And the reason he could say that is because God raised him from the dead. And we are people of the resurrection, which gives us hope, a huge hope, a living hope. And, um, you know, as we live in this in-between time, we're going to face various trials, various temptations, various all kinds of stuff. But that inheritance that God has for us is because of the resurrection. And it has to do with heaven coming to earth and living together in the new heaven and the new earth in a um, transformed body.
the new body that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. We see, we, we see some of this in, in Psalm chapter 2, this inheritance that God is giving. And it's not just, you know, a pie in the sky, heaven. He says this, why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs and the Lord scoffs at him. Again, heaven is a place where of God's realm, where he reigns. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them with his wrath saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nation your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. So salvation is not us going to heaven when we died, but being raised in life in God's new heaven and new earth. And we can see this, what Paul has to say in, in, in Romans, specifically in chapter 8, and just a little bit of it, verse 22 through 25, he says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all, but who hopes but who hopes for what we already have, but we hope for what we do not have yet, and we wait for it patiently. And what is that hope? That God will recreate the whole earth, new heaven and new earth. We as Jesus followers, through the gift of the Spirit, are to be agents of transformation as we wait, as we work, as we pray for what Habakkuk said, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And since the resurrection of Jesus is the central cornerstone of our faith, it means that God has already begun the process of the new creation for Christ is making all things new. And as Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And that command was right from the beginning, wasn't it? In the garden where God gave humankind the command to be stewards over all creation as we are to reflect or image God to all of creation. And so what does that mean for us to be on mission as a new creation, a new creature in Christ? How do we engage in areas of ecology, of economics, of education, of immigration, of the Black Lives Matter movement, of, of politics? How do we engage in these areas of agents of transformation, helping people to immigrate from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light? That's a question, you know, and I, I, I want to throw that out to us to, you know, maybe just to discuss that um, as a community.
What does it mean to you to be a new creation, to participate in the first days of this new creation due to the resurrection of Jesus, who has given us a living hope? I want to throw that out um, and, and talk about that. Ready? Go. <laughs> They're all on mute. Well, I, I'm going to come in. I'm not in your community. I, I, I'm not, but I'm in Colorado. And to me, uh, Christ is everywhere. Um, the Lord's everywhere. Um, ministry is everywhere. Uh, very interesting that you brought this topic up. Um, unbiased conscious is something that I, I actually had a class on this week through my job. Unbiased consciousness. Uh, what are the things that we, 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 we think... Uh, it's like certain things that have been told to us, certain patterns have been expressed to us. And, and why, how do we not, not, not be consumed by what we've been told? How do we move forward? How do we, how do we make sure that we aren't doing these things and doing those patterns? Because these are just patterns that, that like, I can't believe these social injustices are still happening since the 60s and and stuff like that really that really boggles my mind um unification uniting people doesn't matter what color we come in what shade we come in uh, the lord has so so much more to give the lord has so much more power over everything and i don't know i just i really wish and we're society we're society i wish society would accept that and, uh, and what can we do to move forward in that? I, I'm, I'm not sure. I try to. I, I try to be positive. Accept everyone as I expect, you know, just accept people and love and care and, and let that shine. Hopefully that reflects on one person and moves along to the next person. I mean, that's the only thing I could say about it, I guess. Well, for me, um, I've always, um, I wanted to throw this out there too, um, that sometimes I wonder, um, I wonder the, uh, like when people, like if you were to think about people going to heaven, just cause that's kind of how my mind is. I don't know how, how, how else to explain it kind of thing. But when you think about people going to heaven, um, would you imagine that ev that any that everyone who does will get to go to the the new city or whatever? I, you know, I I don't think you know the to say that we go to heaven. That's the the ultimate destiny. I think is to sell the scripture short because. Paul talks about the body and the spirit being reconnected at the resurrection for everybody else. And when that happens, there's the new creation, the new heaven and the new earth. And so there's not a disconnect between the creation, which God said is very good, which is good. It's a good creation, but it's been corrupted through sin. And so 
you know, the, heaven is, is not our destination. It's the new, the new creation. Well, yeah, I know. And that's, that's what I'm, but that's why I'm just kind of wondering about, you know, about people, people who, I, I don't know, just kind of a, <laughs> does God, does like would would anybody who is in heaven would not go to the ultimate destination for any reason if that makes sense probably not well paul paul said if anyone is in christ there is a new creation and to be absent with the body is to be present with the lord so you know in that intermediate intermediate state which since you know jesus hasn't come back yet People are in, in, in his presence. Um, where that is, I mean, that's up to, that's, we don't know, ultimately. But they're in his presence. Um, those who have abandoned uh, God, you know, they're not in his presence. In a sense that they experience his love. So, um, I mean, we can go <laughs> around and around on this forever. Go ahead, Chris. Well, um, my understanding with um, being a fallen creation, a corrupt creation, well, where can we bring life in our here and now? And, and if God's promise is to bring heaven as it is on earth now uh, mm-hmm. how can we live into that how do we bring light um well I, I i can't help but see the the lyrics of all holy night and where it says his law is love and his gospel is peace chains shall he break for the slave is our brother so to me if the slave is our brother, we could put slave in there. We could put immigrant. We could put who, who is the oppressed. And then in his name, all oppression shall cease. So that to me, I used to read and in his name, all oppression shall cease as if that's only the work that Jesus is doing. That's his work, not my work. But now I see it as and in his name is how I act. Mm-hmm. What I do, how do I interact with this broken creation that I am a part of? I am also implicit in, but yet I am trying to lean into following Jesus. And in his name means I'm following him. If I know his promises for his creation, for his humanity, then that is to to make the oppressed that, that I will lament with them, that I will suffer in those things with them, that I am a part of this creation just as much as they are, mm-hmm. and his, that his promises are just as valid to them as they are to me. Um, and through following Jesus and, and, and actually being a neighbor and loving my neighbor 
that that's understanding my short sightedness, the, the things that I'm implicit in, in, in making this and continuing to keep this a broken creation. And like David had, had mentioned, um, understanding my biases and where I'm short sighted and I have, um, you know, tunnel vision and, and narrow mindedness and, and just being open to, it's basically, this is the, it's the growth of each and individual one of us into this new creation and being open to that understanding that, that we can't stay the same. There, there's always a recreation, a renewing. So where Jesus point me in that, I guess. Yeah. Um, that was really good, Chris. Um, it, I always felt, sorry, thought it was a burden. I always felt like it was a burden, but now understanding it in that way, I don't feel like it's as much of a burden because like the other way around, you're like, oh, what the heck do I do? You know, um, but yeah, sorry, Heather, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I totally agree with all of that stuff. Um, one thing I thought of when you asked that question, John, is um, about how, I think of Daniel in the Bible and how he lived, you know, in exile in Babylon. Um, he wasn't in this like great situation at all. And I also think of Joseph who was, you know, abandoned by his brothers and left to die. Um, and they, they both had a hope that they were moving towards, right. They knew that God was there for them. They knew that God cared um, or at least they learned it over time because God provided a way for them. And the way I think of moving forward in, in that hope is, is seeing their example of how they navigated the world they're in. Um, they didn't just, they didn't just accept like the, the unjust laws around them. They always had God's heart in mind above everything else. And they moved forward in that and they navigated, you know, a dangerous world still holding true to what God was calling them to. And they didn't just back down on laws that people were trying to create to trap them. Right. They still moved forward with that, but they also had a, I want to say like a, a grace about them. They didn't just like outright go up in people's faces and like scream it in their face, you know, like, because that's going to get you killed. They had a, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like a, no, like a, not like a shrewdness, but like a, I don't know, it, it, like a skilled way of doing it. They didn't just like barrel through and, and, um, do yeah they had a cunning about it you know but it's for god's kingdom right so it's not a cunning as in like i'm gonna sneak around and kill this guy or whatever it's more like a i'm gonna do what god tells me and if i get caught god is gonna save me and it's that faith of knowing that god has your back and he's gonna be there for you um and you just have to have that hope and faith moving forward regardless of um, all the all the the laws and the the people around them that were very dangerous at the time so mm -hmm. I don't know if that made sense I was trying to think through all the singing over here 
I see. I see what you're saying. And I think uh, when I was saying entering into a neighbor's suffering means actually grasping and 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 standing alongside of them. So so what I see is like where people have stood by their you know the Black Lives Matter ideal, and now all of a sudden they're ostracized by all their friends and family, and but you know you feel that standing by your brother or, or, or suffering with them and in with them, um, you're, you're, you're living into, um, how you know Jesus to be. Um, and now you're, you're going to taste the suffering that they've tasted, you know, um, but you're following God and you're, you have hope that, that even though this is uncomfortable and it sucks, um, that's what they've been dealing with this whole time. <laughs> you know, um, your black brothers and sisters, um, but like Daniel and them, um, just having a having a hope that following God through all the suffering and all the things that it, following Him is going to bring, um, that you're that you're just going to keep living into that because you know you deeply know that, that, that God's promises for renewal, redemption are, are true and they're going to be fulfilled, I guess. Just reminds me of that. One of the lyrics from the song where, you know, the King of Kings in this lowly manger through our, all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our need to our weakness. He is no stranger. And that, I mean, gosh, that's, that's Jesus. He, um, all the power, right. And glory of his kingship on that throne, but to come and just enter into the mess and the dirt and the grime of life of, of humanity and the brokenness and the cruelty that comes with it. And I'm just going to come and live in that and I'm going to take it. And, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Jesus is this like Uber superhero of it, but he calls us to follow him. And that that's where, uh, I mean, that's, that's the point is <laughs> we're, we're disciples to follow Jesus. And if he did it, if he does it, if that's something he valued, whether it's super hard, that's what we are called into. It's not a fluffy, safe, you know, isolated bubble echo chamber. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I've got all my, my comforts here. And it's like, no, Jesus is like comfort zone. What's that? You know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What, what did he say to us, Cody? He said, if anyone wants to follow me, pick up their cross. Yeah and follow me and what was the cross it was mm. an instrument of death and so what is it that in our own personal lives we are willing to put to death our own comfort zones what is it in our um, society that needs to be put to death and our culture that needs to be put to death and be made right i mean you know, Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Well, that begs the question of, are we justice hungry people in an unjust world? And so being 
a new creation, being people of the resurrection as we await the second advent, it gets back to, you know, how do we engage in, you know, what I shared before about issues of ecology, of global warming, of pollution. How does it deal with areas of economics, of, you know, the poor, of the uber rich? How do I spend my resources? Education, you know, the whole nine yards that we as a community have been um, wrestling with for the last, well, at least since I've been here, almost three years um, on this incredible journey of leaning into who Jesus is. And um, yeah, each one of us have an area in our life that needs to be put to death. <laughs> but the good news is it can be resurrected into you know something good and uh, redeemable. Anybody else? Just going back a little bit um, to kind of the idea of heaven and our, our view of like n- nature and sin and the afterlife and all those things. I think so much of it is affected by how we view God's creation originally and the idea that there's this like original sin in our world. That means everything's horrible and broken and it needs to be destroyed. Um, I think it's pretty counter to like the Bible, actually a particular, like you were saying, you know, John and God cre- created everything and called it good. He made man and woman and called us good. Um, we uh, go our own way and do things that are not good uh, sometimes, but yeah, to think about like, we just need to escape everything here and the physical world's, you know, such a bad place. I think that that's like, uh, I think that can influence our thinking more than we realize uh, without, yeah, just without uh, really considering it. Yeah, you know, I know to piggyback on that thought, it, it, it becomes like a, a Christian uh, Gnosticism where yeah. things of the spirit are good, things of the material world are bad. And so there's this dualism that we need to escape uh, this corrupt world. We need to go to this place we call heaven in order to escape it. And what God wants us to do is to engage the world. Yeah. To, to help to redeem it through the power of the spirit that lives within us. Yeah. I, I think like- this is where we are realized that like, oh, Christianity is and has always been very highly influenced by just kind of non-Christian or secular thinking like that. All of that is uh, Plato, essentially. It's mm-hmm. Platonic thinking. It's he, not you know, Play-Doh. <laughs> not Play-Doh. Uh, yeah, the, the old, the Greek guy, uh, that the physical is bad, the spiritual is good, and yeah. you need to escape the physical in order to be in the spiritual realm. And it's like, mm, Jesus didn't really talk like that. In fact, 
the Bible doesn't suggest that. Yeah, I was going to corroborate what you're saying with um, just how Jesus constantly emphasized himself as the son of man. Yeah. And, yeah. And really, son of Adam, which means more specifically humanity, not male man or female, but son of yeah. humanity. And it's, it, <coughs> it's like, even when they're like, you're the son of God. Yeah, I'm the son of man. You know, it's like, but, and it's almost like he kind of de-emphasized that, that uber spiritual, look, I am, I am the new Adam. I am humanity as y'all are meant to be mm. in this example of true humanity uh, in the image of God, what that means here in, in physicalness, not necessarily this like, yeah, you're going to, you know, put to death. I mean, I know there's things about, you know, like uh, old man, old man of sin and, you know, put to death those ways. And that's what John's talking about. It's like, yeah, there's things that we, we put to death, but that doesn't mean that it, there's this separation of spirituals way better. And everything physical is just you that's pure sin and gross. It's like, no, I am the son of man. I am, I am humanity as God intended it and follow me in this not what we've been doing for thousands and thousands of years of, you know, human history of violence and corruption and how we can crush each other. No, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. This is, this is living into the humanity that God made us to be mm-hmm. as his. Yeah. Enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Community Podcast. Subscribe to us and follow us on Facebook to stay up to date on upcoming events such as online church gatherings and Bible studies. We try to shed the layers of traditions that actually taint the image of who Jesus really is. And we believe that the true gospel is that Jesus is the true king and his kingdom is here and available to all. We'd love for you to be a part of his movement in renewing all things for the expanse of his kingdom. You can email us at info at kairoscommunity.org, download our app, or visit our website, kairoscommunity.org. Catch you next time.